Hello and welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. Today I'm talking to the incredible Eleanor of Honor and the Yoni Empire. We're talking all about endometriosis and painful sex and how we can move from healing pain to finally experiencing pleasure. Eleanor lived with vaginal pain, specifically vaginismus, for seven years before beginning her journey uh, that would lead her to not only heal her own experience of painful sex, but to make it her mission to help others live better with painful sex and also to actually heal painful sex. Like many of us, Eleanor um, experienced dismissal, misdiagnosis, um, and completely unacceptable treatment options um, before she found a way that worked for her. Many of us experience strains like in our relationship and a lot of when it comes to living with endometriosis and um a lot of that comes down to sex obviously other areas as well but that is obviously quite an important part of a relationship um as someone personally who lives with endometriosis and painful sex I spent a long time trying to kind of treat that but going around the problem rather than directly going to the problem you know I've tried to like manage endometriosis painful sex by through diet and different holistic therapists but I've never actually gone hmm okay like what can I do for my vagina why is my vagina so painful how can I you know actually address that problem head-on and Eleanor's actually been helping me do that and it's you know it's been amazing to have her to talk to Eleanor uses yoni mapping yoni massage and kind of working through our issues with sex and pain um, in various different holistic forms and methods. In this episode we discuss the common causes of pain with sex, Um, Eleanor takes us through her own journey um, and the various methods we can use to begin healing endometriosis um, and painful sex. Talking to Eleanor was such a revelation. She, you know, she has no fear, shame or guilt associated with her own pleasure and she really helps others see that they don't need to feel like that either um hearing her remarkable experience has really given me hope and I really you know want the same for you I want you guys to leave this conversation um feeling hope and knowing that there are options out there for you to be able to heal your pain that you're experiencing during sex um Eleanor has kindly given this Endo Life listeners 10% off with the code ENDO, all caps, on any Honor product. So all you have to do is enter the code in checkout. Um, the shop is www.honorlifestyle, that's with two N's, .com, and the link is in my show notes. Before we get started, I want to um, say a word about our sponsors today. So... Today's first sponsor is, of course, BU Period Patches. They are sourced by nature and backed by science. These plaster-like incredible creations are made with zero chemicals. They're 100% natural and they provide period cramp relief for up to 12 hours. They use scientifically proven essential oils to soothe cramps and therefore pain. And these oils are delivered through these plasters which you can stick on your abdomen or your back wherever you're feeling pain um, and they soak into your muscles. I am just one of many loving these 
patches. And so I'm going to read you a review from a fellow endometriosis warrior who's also loving them. I ordered the patches on Wednesday night and got them on Friday, which was super fast. So thank you for that. I have endometriosis, so unfortunately I get really severe debilitating pelvic pain every day. I have tried everything, all caps, (laughs) to find some sort of relief, but nothing seems to help, not even strong painkillers. I've never been a fan of heating pads because they seem to make the pain so much worse. But your product, oh my god, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, no, oh my god, all caps, it is amazing, all caps, lots of exclamation marks. I was so happy at work because I can't remember the last time I haven't been in constant pain. It was so good to be able to carry out my day without feeling like someone had a million lives in my stomach. I love this product so much. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I mean, the stories that I'm reading from people using these products are just incredible. And even though I use them myself, it's just, it's just still so lovely to hear and read what people are saying about them. So if you want to try them for yourself, um, you get five in a pack and they should in theory last you for your whole, um, period. Depends on how long your, your period is. They're $6.99 for a single pack or $4.99 if you opt for the subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes and you can start soothing period cramps in a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by the Know Your Endo Endo Toolkit. This course was founded by Jessica Minan. Um, so Jess is a previous guest on the podcast and she's such an incredible support for the endo community. Um, alongside experts, Jess is teaching the tools and techniques that have helped her to feel 80% better with endometriosis in her five-week online program. I thought it would be nice to read another review from a real life endo warrior because I've just, I want you guys to like see that the sponsors that I have on the show are, you know, completely genuine and they're really helping people. So I have stuck to Jessica's dietary recommendations. I've noticed a miraculous difference. Looking at where I am right now, standing and functioning and doing all the things I love to do, I'm truly amazed to see how powerful this tool can be. So if you're interested, the enrollment opens March the 11th to the 17th for early bird pricing and then March the 18th to the 24th for regular pricing. Um, You can go and head to her website and check out what the course is saying, what it looks like. It's five weeks and it covers different topics like um, diet, movement, alternative therapies, CBD. You can get $15 off for early bird and standard pricing with code JESSICA. Um, all capitals j-e-s-s-i-c-a and head to knowyourendo.com forward slash program and add your code at checkout also if you're around this friday don't forget i'm hosting a endo the night dinner party in collaboration with lauren lovett in support of endometriosis uk so if you buy a ticket it's going to go to endometriosis uk and support them with the awesome work that they're doing you get a free course anti-inflammatory plant-based banquet goodie bags that include gifts from Onut, honor know your endo gosh so many um bu yeah womanology so many i'm losing track so if you want to come um it starts at 6 30 goes on to 11 you can of course leave earlier if you're getting tired that's absolutely fine and the link to the tickets are in my show notes so enough of the ads here is Eleanor so what is your story of painful sex because when I first discovered you I heard you on an interview with 
gosh, I can't remember the podcast now. Anyway, it's a sex podcast that I heard. And you were talking about your story um, and your experience with painful sex. And it was the first time that I'd heard um, a sex expert talk in a way that resonated with me. Because so many times I've listened to, I, I've tried for quite a long time actually to find a podcast that, um, or just anyone, you know, a sex expert that I could really resonate with. But a lot of the times I'm in, intimidated by the language because as someone who experiences painful sex, I can't go from painful sex to, um, I don't know, talking about like releasing my like, in a slut and like loving being fucked really hard right that's a lot of the language right a lot of the language that I've heard on you know, it's really it's really empowering and freeing but I'm like okay but there's a really big jump there there's a really big jump mm -hmm. and so for the first time I heard someone talking kind of my language and it really struck me that you'd been on your journey uh, on your own journey to get to where you are now um and I think my audience would really appreciate having someone who's now in the position that you are um but who also knows what it's like to have painful sex so I wondered if you could talk about like what your experience was and what your healing relationship was with sex yeah sure um yeah just to mention one thing because I, I also um, receive a lot of questions people say well um who are the experts that you follow or whom do you like and uh, one of the things I always tell people is read a lot of things, follow a lot of people and see whom you resonate with. Because um, also, you know, if you're struggling with painful sex, to follow um, a quote sex expert who talks about being a sacred slut and screwing around and being orgasmic, you probably won't resonate with her. Um, she might be having amazing content and incredible advice, but it's not for you. So, um, Number one, find people that you resonate with right now. I've been told that um, some women who read my work maybe two years ago couldn't resonate with me and they didn't like me, um, but now they read me every day. <laughs> That's really interesting. What What do you think changed them or? Who knows? Maybe their life changed. Maybe they, um, maybe I've changed. I mean, also I'm human. I'm going through changes and um, my life is affecting my work as well. You know, I'm, uh, I know that two years ago I was writing a lot about healing um, because I was in a relationship with someone who was going through a lot of healing. So, of course, my personal life was fueling my work. Um, and then the last two years I've been on this insane uh, pleasure journey. So I'm writing more about that. So it just really depends on kind of where you catch anyone in their life and what they're writing about. Gosh, I've told my personal story so many times and I'm, it's so long. I mean, it's really, it, it is who I am today. Um, I'll try to keep this short. I have always been fascinated with sex my whole life. I remember as early as being seven years old, I had this fascination with it. I wanted to know more, but I grew up in Russia in the Soviet Union, which shames sexuality, which pretends like sex does not exist. So I grew up in a culture which is um, teaches women to please the man, to be beautiful, skinny, um, a fantastic wife, and just to give your man what he wants. And if you're not skinny and if you're not beautiful, your man will go and fuck other women. Wow. That is what I grew up with. <laughs> Gosh, 
yeah, that's a really intense environment to grow up in. Yeah, the struggle is real for sure. <laughs> so when I was at the university and one of the most beautiful men to this day sat down next to me in class, um, he was a fellow classman, and started chatting to me, I just sat there going, oh my God, this guy is so hot. He's so popular. And I'm just this like cute nerd girl who gets the best grades in class. And he wants to talk to me. <laughs> what? Um, I ended up dating this guy. And on our third date, you know, time came to have sex. I was, I think, 20 or 21 at the time. I wasn't a virgin. I've been having sex before. But when I took his pants off, his penis was pretty much the size of a wine bottle. I remember that I could not even put my mouth around it. It was that thick and massive. Um, and if you remember your sex in your early 20s, um, it's really pornographic, right? There's no foreplay. There's no female pleasure. There's no taking your time. There's a lot of insecurity. Everyone is trying to impress the other person. And so we ended up having sex and it was very, very painful for me. Um, but I liked this guy. I thought, my God, this most popular boy wants to date me. I better make him like me. So how can I do that? By staying skinny, pretty and giving him what he wants. And so for the next six months, um, I had the most painful sex of my life. But I faked orgasms. I faked pleasure. I pretended like it was the greatest thing ever. And... I started getting yeast infections. Um, I would, you know, like when you have a yeast infection, you get this cream suppositories. Yeah. Like you have to put them up there for, I don't know, like six days and then you're fine. So on day six, I would run back to him and I would have sex with him because, you know, the boy could not wait a week without sex. And of course, it would be very painful. My body would not have been healed properly. I would get a yeast infection again, and then I would have to avoid my boyfriend for another week, coming up with all kinds of excuses, having my period or going away or being busy, um, trying to heal my body fast again, just to run back and have sex with him to satisfy him. And so this continued for six months. And over time, my body just began to shut down on me. And I developed uh, vaginism, which is um, for women who struggle with it. It's an involuntary uh, vaginal muscle spasm where you want to have sex, but your body just shuts down. It clamps and you cannot be penetrated. Or if you are being penetrated, it really feels like someone put a bread knife up your vagina and is cutting you up alive. Mm, I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of women experience and excruciating pain, even just sitting down it, it like can hurt them yeah there's varying um levels of uh, vaginism and it's really hard to diagnose because on the outside and the inside your body looks fine but any type of penetration uh, is incredibly painful now some women experience uh, mild friction during sex where sex is just not pleasurable for them and others like myself um, cannot even have a q-tip inside it really feels I mean, it's the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And then um, having dated this guy for six months, I then struggled with vaginism for the next seven years of my life. I was impotent. I couldn't have sex. I wanted to. I wanted to date. I wanted to fall in love. And yet my body was not cooperating with me. And um, vaginism is a psychosomatic problem. So it's not just the physical spasms um, of your vaginal canal. It's also an insane uncontrollable fear in your mind, the fear of the pain. 
And so every time anyone gets close to your genitals, like I remember for me, even someone putting their hand on my belly would just immediately make me clamp and freak out. Could you feel it happening? So if someone puts um, a hand on your belly, could you feel your vagina clamping? Would, would you know it was happening or would you only know when you went to have sex? Um, at the time, I feel like it was just chronically clamped. Okay. Yeah. Um, but every time you get closer to the opening, I, I could feel it tightening up even more. Yeah. I mean, I had probably the most severe um, vaginism case of anyone that I have ever spoken to. I mean, I couldn't have a Q-tip up there. I couldn't for days. Um, I mean, this is seven years of my life. So I've, I've been through hell and back. I've been through um, lots of doctors and therapists and gynecologists and healers and I've gone through every therapy. I've been told it's all in my head that I'm making this up. I've been told that I just need to have a baby. I've been told that I just need to do a doggy style because it hurts less. I've been told that I deserve it because I had sex before marriage. I've been told um, that I just need to uh, smoke some weed. I, I live in Amsterdam, so a Dutch gynecologist told me, you just need to smoke some weed, drink some champagne, you'll be fine. Um, I've been told that sex is supposed to hurt women and I should just, you know, please my husband. Um, yeah, I've been through all of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess so much of the treatment that we receive is kind of influenced by the culture that we're living in as well. So given the culture that you grew up with in and, you know, the the social views on women and sex and pleasing their husbands, etc., you must have faced quite a lot of um, yeah, doctors who had that view and therefore weren't really that interested in helping you. You know, I've been to, um, so I've been to doctors in Russia. I've been to doctors in Holland, um, in the States and in America, in uh, America, in, um, I think Germany, if I recall, and a very interesting thing. And, and this was my experience with all the doctors in all the countries. Um, not a single gynecologist would ask me about my personal relationship or my views towards sexuality. Their main goal of a doctor, of a medical doctor, is to make me fuckable again. So what can we do? What can we put inside of you? What can we cut inside of you? What can we sew up inside of you so that your boyfriend can stick it in and you're not screaming from the pain? Um, I found that really interesting how no one asked me, are you dating anybody right now? Do you like the boy that you're dating? What is his penis like? You know, are you around? Are, are you heterosexual? Like there, no one was asking me about me. Yeah. No one was asking me about the kind of sex I'm having. And I noticed this now that I work with a lot of women with vaginism. Um, I mean, we need to approach our healing as a holistic um, approach, which means that we can't only be looking at the symptoms. We need to look at where these symptoms are coming from. So if I'm working with a woman who is in let's say a disrespectful, abusive sexual relationship with her husband who just wants to penetrate her before she's even ready, who's not listening to her sexual needs. It doesn't really matter how much healing she does on her body if then every Friday night she has to have painful sex with her husband. So true. That is so true. You know, so women like that go to a doctor, they give them pills, they might do mini surgeries on them, um, but then these women go back to abusive relationships which are perpetrating the problem in the first place mm, yeah I saw something a while ago on Instagram and it was it was like you can't heal in the place that wounded you 
something like that. And it's so true. We do so much on when you've got a condition, we do so much healing or like a mental health issue on ourselves thinking it's completely our responsibility mm-hmm. to heal without necessarily thinking about the damage that's being inflicted by something or someone around us. We think it's, you know, it's our fault. Yeah. I remember even some doctors didn't even ask me how I got it. You know, you, I mean, it's, I, I understand this is how the medical community works. It's like you come with someone, you have a cut on your hand. They just want to close the cut, right? To wound and you move on with your life. If you come with a painful vagina, they don't even ask where you got this from. You know, your boyfriend could be raping you every Thursday and no yeah. one is asking. God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a massive safeguarding issue. I would have thought there'd be some kind of, you know, protocol, right? Like if someone comes in and shows signs of potential like rape, you know, or sexual assault, you would follow through something. But I guess not. Yeah. I mean, when it when it came to me, I, I felt because of the culture I grew in, right? Because of who I am or was at the time. And I was in long-term relationships with boys in my 20s. I had this insane pressure inside of me to please my boyfriend. I was terrified that if I don't please my boyfriend, he will eventually leave me. So I would go to the doctors so that they could make me fuckable for my boyfriend. My boyfriends were the sweetest, kindest, gentlest boys. And yet I had this pressure inside of me to please them. I was operating from a place of fear, from a fear that I'm not enough. Um, so... I would keep running back to the doctor for more pills, for more creams, for numbing creams, you know, anything they could give me so I could please my boyfriend. And none of the doctors spoke to me about that. They would just, you know, give me the new pills. And of course that doesn't work. So then I come back to them again and they don't ask, they just give you more. And so the problem just becomes this vicious cycle is looking at what's actually happening in your head, what's happening in your heart what's happening in your lifestyle. So when did it begin to change for you? So you went through this for seven, seven years? Yeah, I somehow managed um, to even get married in those seven years. I, um, I met a guy who said, listen, I love you so much. We don't ever have to have penetrative sex. Um, I love you so much. I want to marry you. And after dating for three years, uh, not having penetrative sex, we got married and... It was a very bad decision on my side because he wasn't the one. I didn't love him, but I felt so broken. I was so depressed and I felt like this is the only person in my life who will love me like this, you know, the broken Elena. So I married him thinking this is as good as it gets for me. And we moved to Bali together. We opened a restaurant and I thought, hey, well, this is my life now. Um, I'm just going to concentrate on my career, on creating beautiful things, beautiful food for people and just live like a nun and pretend that my man is okay with that. (laughs) Um, While in Bali, I would, for anyone who's ever been to Bali knows it's a place, it's like an international hub for healing. Everyone is on some type of healing journey there. You can't make two steps without running into some type of healing expert or healer. (laughs) So, you know, even having breakfast with your friends, there's always a conversation about some new healer they went to. And you end up testing people. Um, I also, together with my restaurant, I opened a holistic clinic 
on the second floor. So we were constantly looking for new Reiki masters, um, colon hydrotherapists, um, people who do acupuncture. I mean, anything, anything exciting and interesting. And of course, I would test all these people. So I, I've had every possible healing, of, you know, from here to the moon and back. I've had some guy do a massage on me and burp at the same time because he was burping demons out of my body. <laughs> I've had a guy who pretended that there was electricity in his hands and he would run it up and down my body and tell me that this is, you know, my life force and life chi. Uh, later on discovering that he was actually sitting on top of electrical cords. Oh my gosh. Electricity through his hands. And this is a very, very prominent Indonesian healer that everyone goes to. But, you know, over the years, I, I tried everything. I was desperate. Um, and then one time I went to um, just a normal body massage. Um, some friends said, like, this is an incredible body worker. He's an Indonesian man. And I'm lying on my belly. He's massaging my back. And he starts massaging my lower back and my buttocks. And he goes, oh, he's like, you know, have sex. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, sex, pain, much pain for you. And I thought, how does this guy know? I lift up my head and I look up at him and he goes, yeah, husband, no happy, you no happy. And I'm like, wait a second. How can this guy tell? He's just touching my lower back. And then he starts telling me that he can tell that my entire pelvic floor, including my buttocks and the front of my belly, is incredibly tense. Um, my thighs are tense. There is just clamps <laughs> and knots of muscle all over my body and he knows how to get rid of it and I just have to keep going to him for sessions and I just started crying I, I I cried so much and he just sat there waiting for me to finish he didn't try and stop me or console me he just sat there holding space for me um, and then for the next six months I went to him for a massage uh, once a week and it wasn't a yoni massage. He never put his fingers inside of me. He never really even touched my vagina. He would massage my lower belly, uh, my lower back, buttocks, thighs. Uh, he would do a lot of leg stretches and he would massage around my bikini area, uh, pressing really deep sometimes, sometimes very gently. And it would hurt or it would feel very pleasurable. Um, some sessions I would cry, some sessions I would scream from the pain. But with every single session, I felt more lightness in my body. Um, while I was doing that, uh, my relationship with my husband just fell apart. Neither of us were happy for many different reasons. And so I made the decision to leave that relationship, which was very hard for me. I was terrified. I was breaking a man's heart um, and I was also stepping into the unknown again, you know, the broken Elena uh, with a broken vagina. Here we go. I'm going to try and find someone else to date me. Um, and I fell in love with a woman, uh, at the time I, I I've been with women before, so it wasn't anything new for me. And I dated a woman for the next two years, which now looking back at it, I feel was incredibly healing for me as well, because all of a sudden I was in a romantic relationship with someone who, um, uh, can definitely live without penetrating me. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have a penis. She doesn't receive pleasure. Uh, from penetration. And so for two years, I was having lesbian sex, which was very pleasurable. And I gave my body a break um, from being penetrated. And I gave my mind a break from having to be penetrated. So a lot, um, my heart relaxed, my body relaxed, my mind relaxed. 
and together with um, going to that body therapist, um, I just started feeling like my body began to heal. And all of a sudden, my libido started coming back. I started feeling more pleasure in my body. My orgasms became more intense. And then all of a sudden, I just started feeling like, oh, I, I kind of want the finger inside or mm, I want two fingers inside of me. And slowly, slowly, my body opened up and I, I healed. <laughs> so this was almost seven years ago, maybe more. Um, ever since then, I'm in perfect health, happy, having quote unquote normal sex. <laughs> so how so you spent six months with the um masseuse the guy who did the massage yeah and you were in the relationship for a couple of years with the woman yeah so would you say your healing process was like that kind of time frame the length of that relationship or how long do you feel like it you know how long do you think it took for you to for it to shift um it's a good question I feel like I'm still in a way healing. I think we're forever healing <laughs> and understanding because after five years of going from one doctor to the other and not being able to heal anything and actually getting worse and worse. Um, I remember I was at um, a gynecologist's office together with my mom in Russia and the gynecologist was talking to my mom and saying, well, we have this um, procedure that we can do is, um, because your daughter is getting old. I think I was 24, 25 at the time. That's very old. Wow. That's her age. <laughs> Doctor was saying, you know, like the girl needs to get married. She needs to have babies. So what we can do is we can cut um, the nerve endings inside of her vagina, which means that she will not feel pleasure, but she'll never feel pain again. Oh and I thought, and, and, you know, and at the same, I'm like, I'm on the uh, gynecologist chair at the time going, oh my God, get me the fuck out of this office right now. And, trying, you know, and I'm trying to get out of this chair and, you know, my hands are up on this, uh, my legs are up on the stirrups. I mean, someone should have just filmed that. And I get up, I'm in this gown, you know, where your butt is exposed at the back, <laughs> almost in slow motion, remember myself running towards the door, um, pressing on the handle to open it. And I open it just a few centimeters and I see all the people waiting in the waiting room. And I'm thinking, okay, what the hell are you doing? So I shut the door back up. I crumble on the floor. I start weeping and I say, there's no fucking way you guys are going to cut anything inside of me. I cannot do this anymore. This is fucking insane. Um, and then we never went um, with my mom to, to another doctor again. I just, I said, I, I need a break. I need a break from all the doctors. I need a break from all these medicines, from the creams and the suppositories and the pills. And I, I have had tiny mini surgeries inside of me. They said like there was tearing in my vaginal walls. Who knows if that was true or not? Um, I just needed to take a break. And in that break, um, I started studying um, the other side of sexuality. So I started looking for books on sex, on sexual pain. And in that studies and research, I discovered the world of Tantra and slow sex and conscious sexuality. Um, the idea of that sex is not just penetrative sex, that there's so much more to sex. And I began to just eat up all this information. And at the time I was with my, you know, my husband, we moved to Bali. So everything was happening at the same time. So I don't know how long it took me to heal. I think it was all just kind of jumbled into years of all of these things happening in my life. I know often women 
want to be given deadlines because it really helps them um, in their own healing. And I can never give you an answer how long it took me. You know, I, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you it was six months of massages or it was after I read so-and-so book or it was after I left my husband. I, I don't know. Um, all I know is that the minute I stopped stressing about it, the minute that I stopped putting all that pressure on myself to heal is when my body began healing. And everyone really has their own unique journey. So even if it something, you know, if a certain amount of time worked for you, that might not be the same for someone else. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So during this time, did you, did you have like kind of like a hateful relationship with your body? Because what I'm really curious to explore is that a, a lot of people with endometriosis, they feel like their bodies have let them down and they feel like their bodies have turned against them and they will disconnect from their bodies, um, whether that's like sexually or just completely, you know, just dis disconnect from the lower, lower region, like abdomen downwards kind of thing. Um, they might kind of numb their bodies um with drugs to get through and it just creates a really broken relationship where they feel really resentful how can we change our like I mean how did you and how can we change our sexual relationships with ourselves when there is this level of hate and dislike towards our bodies and you know how can we begin looking at our bodies as a source of eventually pleasure um rather than just pain that's a good question i i actually have tears in my eyes while um you were talking <laughs> you know i i remember being there are days when i would wake up and i would just i'd want to wake up again because i thought that i was waking up in a nightmare you feel and um, you know maybe you relate to this you feel like you're jailed inside of your body and I would wake up feeling like, why me? Why, 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 why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Why is it that I'm, you know, a smart girl in my 20s who just wants to be in love, just wants to date and have sex, and yet I can't? You know, it's like you want your body to work and it's just not working with you. And it's incredibly traumatizing. It's so fucking painful. I, I, you know, I, I never took antidepressants. I got close to it. I remember being suicidal, but most of all, yeah, I remember just waking up and hoping that this is just all a dream. And if I close my eyes again and open them up a minute later, I'll wake up and I'll be a healthy girl. And most recently, you know, when th this is our sexuality, this is one of the most sacred places in your body. And there's so much shame around it. No one knew that I had this. Even my best friend at the time, the best friend whom, you know, I was planning on having like her as my maid of honor at my future wedding. Um, even she didn't know what was happening with me. Only family knew. Wow. So you walk around with a smile on your face, pretending that you're just another normal girl. Um, you know, you find yourself having lunch with your girlfriends and everyone is talking about sex and you go ahead with those conversations and you smile and you're like, yeah, me and my boyfriend have sex too. Ha ha ha. Because God forbid anyone finds out your dirty secret. Yeah. I think so. There's so much heaviness around talking about 
the more awkward, less, um, I don't know what the word would be, pretty side of sex. People are quite happy to talk about um, sex in a pleasurable way or a jokey way. But when it comes to the real kind of like sticky, painful side of sex, people just don't know how to have conversations, even with their partners, which is actually something I want to explore later on in our conversation. Yeah. For me, um, the realization that God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, has given me this beautiful tool, you know, my body to experience this life with. Um, I only have this life as far as I know, and this is the body I've been given. It has small breasts and it has stretch marks, but it's kind of cute. It has dimples and it's adorable in many ways. And mm, yeah, the vagina doesn't work today, but this is what I've been given. And so how can I design a life to support my body? How can I design a life to fit into my idea of a normal life and not a normal life of society or my next door neighbor or my friend? You know, this whole idea of like, what is a normal life? What is a normal sexual relationship? Um, It's so pointless to talk about those because I feel that we each decide on what that is for ourselves. We each design it for ourselves. And so instead of enjoying our bodies, enjoying our senses, receiving as much pleasure as we can, and most importantly, taking care of our bodies, what do we do our whole life? We hate our body. We despise it. We're annoyed with it. We criticize it. You know, the breasts are never big enough. The butt is too big. The hair is too thin. uh, The pussy isn't wet enough. I mean, there's always these massive lists of things that we hate and maybe just a few, you know, a handful of things that we enjoy. So one of the things I had to do is really change my relationship with my body, how I treat my body, how I touch my body, and especially what I do when it comes to my sex life. That all my life I've been treating it as a tool of pleasure for my partners instead of pleasure for myself and instead of something so sacred and wonderful. I mean, my body takes me from my house to the grocery store. <laughs> my, you know, my body has taken me through almost 35 years of this life. I better fucking treat this thing with respect. I get to every morning, you know, we all do, right? I get out of a shower, I look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, this, this and that I hate. Um, and it's, it's a mental game and it's a mental practice to go, oh, well, you look pretty fucking good and you feel pretty good. And Hey, I don't have a headache or I don't have a flu and I'm fit and I'm healthy. And what can I do today to pleasure my body? What can I eat? What kind of exercise can I do? How can I make love to it? Um, so when it comes to terms of sexuality for me, it was I'm looking at ways to gift myself pleasure that worked with the current challenge that I was experiencing, which was vaginism for me. So, you obviously you've gone on to um build honor and actually also the yoni empire so i kind of i want to move into the kind of tools and techniques that you teach and you share um but before we before we do that what was your process from being a girl with you know vaginismus to who you are today 
essentially, you know, like what, what did you learn? What tools and techniques? I know that you really got into Tantra. You were saying you got lots of books and of course your personal experience was a huge process in this. Um, for me, realizing that my suffering had meaning in this life, uh, was a really big thing. And I, I think you can relate to that. I mean, we've both taken and we have created, um, lives around it and now we're supporting other people through it. Um, the Yoni Empire, which is uh, my Instagram account that you're referring to, um, in many ways just sprouted out of nowhere. I one day, I don't remember what day it was, but I just felt like writing some, just sharing something from the heart. At the time, my Instagram had like smoothie bowls in it and my life in Bali. And I was, you know, this restaurant owner. <laughs> it wasn't anything exciting. Um, and I just remember waking up with some sort of realization about life or our bodies. And I shared something like that on Instagram where I did refer to my vaginism uh, for the first time publicly. Um, I just got to the point in my life where I just could not give a fuck anymore. I mean, whatever. I can be the girl with a broken vagina, whatever. And the next morning I woke up to so many messages from women going, oh my God, tell us more. I have the same thing or I'm struggling as well. Wow, this was so inspirational. And I thought... Okay, sure. So I made another post and another post. And well, four years later, here we are. (laughs) Um, Sharing my secret, um, opening up um, in front of complete strangers on the internet, um, being the girl for a while with a broken vagina um, has led me to where I am today, being able to support women through going through the same thing and preventing them from getting there like I did in my early 20s. So I want to ask about some of the techniques that you use to help um, kind of cultivate this relationship with our bodies and our sexuality, um, which can, like you said, that can actually help prevent some of these conditions, but also heal some of these conditions. So one of the um, tools that you use is yoni mapping um and that's something that i've been working with since meeting you or meeting you online um not not in real life yet um and that's been a really interesting journey that's kind of shook me in ways that i've not really experienced before like it's showed me how easy it's been to actually ignore my own like sexuality and kind of address every single area of endometriosis other than the sexual pain even to the point where like I've been able to say like yeah I reduce the inflammation with my in my body and I feel less pain during sex but actually dealing with my vagina head-on and starting to practice healing that I've kind of completely avoided so yoni mapping has been really eye-opening for me and something that I think um a lot of people with endometriosis could appreciate. So I'd really like to talk about that a bit more in the practice and, and how we work with that. Sure. I'm happy to explain it. Um, I, I do want to say that the main things I teach um, to all women is um, first and foremost, knowing yourself when it comes to your sexuality. A lot of us really have no idea who we are sexually or and we feel a lot of shame for it. And again, we're trying to adjust ourselves to the quote unquote normal Uh, a woman. And when it comes to sex, there's just no such thing. (laughs) Um, So number one is start digging deeper into who you are as a sexual person. Um, Start accepting who you are as a sexual person and then have the 
bravery and the courage to share that with other people and find someone who is compatible with you. Um, and also understand what is your motivation for sex in this life. Yeah, that was such a big question. When you asked me that, I was like, uh, no one had ever asked me that. I hadn't even asked myself yeah. it. You know, the concept of that question was kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I mean, if you had asked me in my early 20s, why am I having sex? I mean, I wouldn't say this, but this would be the truth. I was pleasing my boyfriend. It was nurturing my ego to be this hot, porn-like, awesome girl that can, you know, is down for everything and can please her boyfriend and gives amazing blowjobs and is down for anal sex and is just so fucking cool. Um, I was doing it purely to be this awesome girl that no man will ever leave. Um, I was performing sex. I wasn't having it. I wasn't enjoying it. I was enjoying being this awesome chick, but I wasn't embodying her. And a lot of women, I mean, in my opinion, performing and performance is one of the main libido killers for women when we're having sex just to please our partner. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree with that. And no one ever talks about it. People are like, oh, it's hormones. It's having a baby. Fuck you. It's about just working when you're having sex, the motivation to please someone. So no wonder we stop losing desire for it. When you're working all day and then you come home when you're working with your kids and then you have to work in, in the bedroom with your partner. Fuck, it's easier to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or it's, easier, or it's easier to hide in the bathroom, turn on the shower and uh, masturbate with your vibrator so no one can hear you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, number one is know yourself sexually. Um, and then there is all these wonderful practices, which um, I treat them as tools to support you. And um, the yoni mapping is one of them. I first learned about yoni mapping um, through Tammy Lynn Kent. She's a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And she wrote an amazing book called uh, Wild Feminine. I highly recommend it for every woman, whether she's struggling with yoni pain or not. Um, and yoni mapping is a technique to get to know the inside of your vagina, which most women never do. Right? I mean, a lot of women look in between our legs. Um, the way that yoni mapping works is... Um, the vaginal canal is made out of muscles. And just like all the other muscles in our body, our muscles get tense. And we carry a lot of stress, for example, in our neck, we carry stress in our lower back, and every individual carries stress differently. So for example, for me, my stress lives in my shoulders. My partner carries his stress in his lower back. So the same way we carry stress in our body, we carry stress inside of our vagina. And the muscles tense up. Whether you are, um, quote, healthy, sexually healthy woman, you still carry stress, a certain amount of stress, or you might be carrying more stress um, because you are dealing with trauma or abuse um, or you're dealing with things like vaginism like I was. And um, all the instructions on how to yoni map are on my blog on, on a lifestyle.com. So mm -hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. Um, because I don't want to go into all the instructions, but basically you, uh, using your fingers or using a special tool, you press inside all the points inside of your vaginal canal and you hold and you feel for what comes up for you. So when you press at a certain point, women will feel different things. You might feel 
pleasure, you might feel numbness, you might feel insane burning pain, you might feel tension. And so what you realize is that all inside the vaginal canal, there's different points, you call them the trigger points, and they all have different feelings. So for women who experience yoni pain, we tend to assume that pain is everywhere. And very often, it's just in a few spots. Or we tend to assume that if we feel pleasure, that the pleasure is everywhere. Well, it's actually in a few spots too. (laughs) And so yoni mapping yourself, you kind of create like a Google map of what your vagina is like. So for example, for me, I know exactly uh, where I carry my vaginal stress and where I need to massage more to release that tension. But I also know where I carry my vaginal pleasure. So when I am making love, um, I know or my partner knows where to press um, for optimum pleasure. I think that's really like revolutionary as well, because when it comes to living with endometriosis, so many of us feel that our body is just this complete source of pain. And actually, I think it's really freeing and empowering to realize not every part of my vagina hurts. Maybe it does for some, some people, you know, um, I can't speak for everyone, but, um, you know, I think it's just really helpful to start changing the way that we see our body. It's super easy to, when you feel so much pain, to believe it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, um, how do I say, I mean, by making a pelvic map of your yoni, um, you begin to understand and heal the tension inside. So I do yoni massages with women come to me um, and we start mapping their yoni. It's, it's fascinating because I'll press in one spot and Uh, the woman will be feeling a lot of pain and I will move two or three millimeters to the left or the right and there's no more pain, you know, and then I will move a centimeter to the right and there's pleasure or I'll move a centimeter and they feel nothing. And I mean, we're talking about like two, three centimeters all in one line going through a whole kaleidoscope of experiences. I mean, to me, this is just incredibly fascinating. No, it is, absolutely. And so with the you're just talking about massage there. So, um, yoni mapping and then yoni map massage are of course kind of, if yoni mapping is your, um, I guess your compass to your vagina, you know, understanding where the pain is, where the pleasure oh, is. That. And then I've never used the compass. Oh, I'm taking that. <laughs> I'm going for it. it. That's beautiful. That's exactly what it is. Cool. I'm glad to I'm glad I've got a new phrase for it. Um, so yeah, so it's the compass and then you've got the um, kind of self-massage or massage from a professional and using self-massage, you're able to kind of work through the tension, but also, I guess, um, enhance the pleasure spots. Would that be kind of the right way to look at that? Yeah. So I believe that our pleasure lives under the pain so once you remove the pain once you remove the tension uh, you're opening up your body for pleasure and so a lot of women carrying a lot of tension inside their vaginas again whether they're sexually normal uh, or are struggling currently sexually uh, most of us have some type of tension um, and it comes and goes um, depending on your lifestyle or i mean even having for example uh, you're making love with your boyfriend and you guys are having penetrative sex. And at some point, maybe you've had enough, right? You're just, you're done. You feel yourself drying up. It's, you're feeling the friction. What do most women do? Um, instead of saying, honey, 
I'm done. Let's do something else. Uh, we tell our boyfriend to finish off inside of us because we really want to please the boyfriend. So what does the man do? He basically masturbates with our vagina. Now, he doesn't know what it's like for us because he doesn't have a vagina. So he thinks it's okay. We're just lying there in a way dissociating from it, trying to possible so we don't feel the pain but the reality is our pussy is getting more and more tense and a lot of women are having this type of sex for years we're allowing our partners to masturbate with our vaginas we're having sex uh, penetrative sex even if we're don't want don't want that in the moment and so just that will collect a lot of tension inside of your vagina which intention leads to uh, lack of arousal, lack of uh, moisture, lack of pleasurable sensitivity. It leads to friction. It leads to tension. It leads to yeast infections. Um, it leads to just uncomfortable, non-pleasurable sex. So with, you know, with self-massage, is there a way that, well, I guess, is there how, kind of how often should we do it to kind of like, manage this tension and because because I guess tension could come from anything not even just sex like maybe working out really hard in the gym and like pulling a muscle right like it, that could affect if you were doing some kind of leg exercise that could potentially affect your pelvic floor um so is there kind of an amount that you should be practicing self-massage and is there a way that you should do it because um I think I said to you that when I followed, like I read your blog post and um, it was saying like self-massage is quite intuitive. I realized that I was so disconnected from my like vagina that I didn't have an intuitive guide of how to like massage myself. And to the point that I said to you, like I ended up feeling quite a lot of pain. And then when we spoke, it was because I was like, you know, pushing way too hard and I just wasn't really listening to my body and I didn't really know how to listen so once you've done the yoni mapping and you want to start working with some massage what kind of like recommendations would you suggest to women sure um well there's two kinds of um, yoni massage you can do it yourself so self-massage which I believe should be just part of your entire life practice like brushing your teeth or brushing your hair um, and then you could also go to a professional like myself um, to work on deeper stuff um, with somebody. Um, when it comes to self-massage, uh, there's two reasons why I feel women need to be massaging their vaginas. Um, number one is because it's your pussy and you just need to give her some love and care and touch her without any expectations. So massage yourself from a place of love. Uh, you know, if you think about it, we almost always when we touch her vagina, it's because we want something from her, right? We want, we want her to get wet. We want her to get aroused. We want her to have an orgasm. That's also, a it's a lot of demands on the body. Yeah. We want her to stop bleeding. So we stick tampons up there. We want her to stop being smelly. So we wash her every time we touch ourselves in between our legs is because we want something. That's a lot of performance anxiety and a lot of performance expectations on the body. That we are training our body to react that way for years and years. So how can we start changing that and actually touching ourselves from a place of love and care for our body, 
how can we start gifting our pussy more love and attention instead of taking something from her? So one of the ways that I tell women is just start touching yourself there. Like you're watching a movie with your partner or by yourself. Just put your hands in between your legs, grab some coconut oil and just massage. And yeah, it is very intuitive the same way you would massage um, the neck of your partner or somebody's feet. Just start running your fingers on the outside. You could also go inside if you feel like it. Um, press and hold on certain tension spots. Just give body work, give love and care to yourself. That's number one. Um, and it can be two minutes. It can be 35 minutes. It could be in the mornings. It could be while you're watching your movie. It could be in the evening with, you know, light some candles. It's really up to you. There is no right or wrong way to do this. I just want women to do it. <laughs> That's number one. I would rather have you do two minutes of it than um, never do it at all. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I think people can be really intimidated by, yeah, just new rituals. They're like, I already have to do like a morning ritual and this. Fuck and rituals. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these days we're complicating things and then we're all so busy we don't end up doing it. Um, the same approach with, you know, I, I teach women how to do breast massage. Uh, my friend, sexologist, Alayla Martin, has a YouTube video about breast massage. And really, it can take you five minutes in the shower every morning to massage your breasts to, I don't know, a Justin Bieber song, um, then having to sit down and light candles and incense and play mantra music and meditate and journal and then, you know, massage your breasts for an hour. Like, fuck you. I'm never going to do this. Um, but I do have five minutes. So find ways where whatever it is that you're doing suits you and your lifestyle right now. And if only if you only have two minutes just to put your hands on your vulva and just hold them there and smile, just that is enough for today because it's better than nothing. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you so much for that, because I just think so many people are going to be intimidated otherwise. Yeah. So number one is touch your yoni. Um, from a place of wanting to gift her something, gift her love, gift her attention. And number two is we need to be working with attention. And most of that tension is inside the vaginal canal. And that's where you can either use your fingers, but you know, some women have manicures or um, it's a bit awkward to get inside with your hands. I call it uh, crab hands. <laughs> I'm crouching inside of your pussy and it's weird and it creates tension in your wrists which leads to tension in your fingers. Um, and that is why I developed, together with my business partner, Adela, um, a non-vibrating um, gemstone toy. Uh, we call it the Curve. Um, and she's designed exactly for yoni massage. So it's just kind of like an extension of your finger. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, place inside of you and you can do yoni mapping with it. And you can also just press it into pressure points um, inside of your vaginal canal and hold and feel the pressure releasing the same way that you would press into um, pressure points on somebody's back when you're giving them a massage. Uh, be very gentle with yourself. You know where your boundaries are. Um, so you can press a little bit harder, press a little bit more gentle. Uh, again, it depends how much time you have. Um, and every woman is different. I know that when some women begin practicing self-massage, um, they experience a lot of emotions coming up. Um, they might start crying. They might start laughing or giggling. Um, I know when women come for sessions with me, it's every session is so different because every woman is storing um, different kinds of emotions inside of her. 
Um, and what we need is just a safe space to release them. Now, what happens often is when women self-massage or even masturbate by penetrating themselves, they might feel the emotions, freak out, um, and stop touching themselves and shut down and just go on about their day. Um, I invite women to actually go in there. Literally go inside of yourself. Um, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. It is a passing emotion. Um, you will cry for a bit and you will stop. You will laugh for a bit. You will stop. Something else will come up. Um, and I truly believe that pleasure lives under all of that. So if you want to feel a lot of pleasure, if you want to have your yoni feel sensitive and wet and juicy and exciting, uh, we need to be releasing all that stored up tension and emotions inside. Just a reminder that BU Period Patches are today's sponsors. They are 100% natural period patches that look like plasters, kind of are plasters really, um, that contain menthol and eucalyptus oil. And these oils naturally soothe cramps and therefore reduce pain. And the response from the endo community has been crazy. So... Um, yeah, I thought I'd read you another review. You find out about lots of things to help endo and pain, but your product is hands down the best I have tried in years. My friend tagged me in one of the posts and I ordered it and I've just placed my second order for six packages. Amazing, all caps, work, keep going. So yeah, another person with endometriosis who I actually know personally, um, love him. Um, yeah, love and BU period patches. I love them. If you are interested in giving them a go, head over to the link in the show notes. Um, they are six ni- $6.99 for one pack or for $4.99 if you go for a subscription and you get five patches. Um, yeah, five patches in each pack and yeah, start soothing period cramps a natural way. Okay, so at the weekend, I really like to indulge. Now, when I say indulge, I, like most of the stuff that I eat is still, you know, reasonably within the endo-friendly realm of foods. But, you know, a lot of the diet tells you to avoid processed foods, so I do my best with that. But sometimes I pick up a packet of, let's say, um, like I... Gosh, I can't remember the company. There's a company that does um, waffles and pancakes and sometimes they just look like, oh, that would be nice to have and, you know, not kind of spend ages in the kitchen and then messing up and it all goes wrong anyway. But when I pick up these packets, I look at the ingredients. There's there's always like one or two ingredients where you're like, really? Like you didn't need to put that in, especially egg whites, like – that really annoys me. There's so many ways around egg whites these days. But anyway, I just want to be able to enjoy waffles, pancakes, toast, just just toast. It doesn't need to have milk in it, doesn't need to have eggs in it. You know, gluten free, good tasting, baked goods at the weekend. And I know it's possible. I mean, you can have them every day. It's just like I tend not to. So yeah, I mean, if you want toast every day, go for it because that sounds incredible. But I just, yeah, I just tend not to. Um, so that's why I am such a fan of Heather Cosby's Gluten-Free Baking Academy because 
her gluten-free breads and baked like creations are the real deal I know it's possible to have good gluten-free products I've tried them before I know it's possible to make them healthy but like Heather takes the like confusion out of it and the crazy expensive recipes it's straightforward good food is how gluten-free bacon should be and I just I love everything Heather does her creations are insane so if you're interested in this course it's four weeks long you get 18 learn at your own pace video lessons um so you could you don't have to do the four weeks but you can if you want there's six start to finish baking videos um you get to understand like the rules of gluten-free baking so if you want to go off and make your own creations you can you don't have to follow like an exact recipe you get to make flatbreads quick breads yeasted breads gluten sourdough um and you know, it's just complete, total game changer. You get 36 gluten-free recipes and you also get bonus bonuses with extra videos, ebooks, um, just the whole works. So if you are fed up with life without bagels, like I am, then head over to the link in the show notes. I keep going to say link in my bio because of Instagram, but no, not the link in my bio, although it probably will be there as well, actually. The link in my show notes um and take heather's free tour and yeah see if you'd like to sign up the course launches on the 11th of march and it's open for enrollment now i think it's such a new and kind of scary concept for so many of us isn't it to actually address these feelings that we've been pushing down for so long we we create these like survival mechanisms and I know I've shared a lot of my story recently when it comes to sex but there are I'm still working through it you know I'm using your curve and um I love working with it and it's really changed my it's really changed my perspective of sex having conversations with you about it and um but it's still so scary like I'm still not really fully um present with those emotions yet it's it's such a process and but I think it's it's so important because trying to get to the other getting to the other side and being able to experience pleasure in our body like I don't want to go my entire life being like oh this is this is the best it's going to get sometimes there's no pain but there's not you know full-blown pleasure well we all operate from this really narrow idea of what sex is Um, you know, I can definitely speak for myself that when I was a teenager and my only sexual education was porn. So I grew up thinking that sex is hot and wild and lusty and you have, you have to be wet and you have to orgasm. Um, I didn't know that sex could be so many wonderful other things and it can be emotional and it can be boring and it can be slow and it can be fast and it can be wild and it can be loving. And, um, sometimes you cry. Like personally, I love it when I cry during sex. That means we really tapped somewhere very deep. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely had moments where I'm like about to cry and I'm like, I'm going to completely weird my boyfriend out. So he's just going to be like, why are you crying? For me, like I've been told by my partners that one of the things they love about me the most when it comes to having sex with me 
And, I'm, you know, when they start that sentence, I'm like, oh, please tell me how hot I am. And they're like, it's because I can cry with you. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sex is one of the most vulnerable things we can experience with anyone. I mean, you're literally naked. You are in your butt with another human being. Um, and then we're all trying to kind of be sexy all the time. It's exhausting. Again, we're just performing. Um, and our partner is doing the same thing. So how can we just relax and allow sex to take us on journeys and allow ourselves to feel whatever it is that comes up for us? And for a lot of women during lovemaking, especially if it's that deep, um, it cracks our hearts open. Um, so we cry. And sometimes crying doesn't mean it's negative or we're upset. We're just overwhelmed. You know, the same way that you're overwhelmed through a beautiful movie or a sunset or a song that, you know, like really touches your soul. The same thing can happen during sex, but most of us freak out, shut it all down, uh, put on a performance mask and continue, you know, performing, being sexy. I want to ask a bit about, cause we're, we're talking, you know, we're talking about our sex with couples, not, you know, not just self pleasure, um, but sex with a partner this is a really massive um, issue in the endometriosis community. Um, a lot of relationships break down um, or there's a big disconnect or people aren't having sex or they are having sex and it's really painful. Um, so if communication has broken down, do you have any suggestions for bringing up a conversation or starting to work together to have more pleasurable sex again in whatever form that is because I know that um you talk quite a lot about sex doesn't necessarily have to be penetrative penetrative and also you're a big advocate of slow sex as well and like you said a minute ago there's all different types of sex so how can a couple go from no sex at all or painful sex performance sex um, not talking about sex to actually beginning to find this this act that actually brings them close to closer together what in whatever way that is for them sure um yeah w one of the greatest revelations for me has been realizing that there's so much more to sex than just penis inside of a vagina um and it's also been a beautiful revelation for a lot of my male partners um, that there's just so much more to sex and pleasure than just what we know or what we see in pornography. Um, some of those things are slow sex. So go and buy every book by Diana Richardson. It will change your entire life. Ask anyone who's in the BDSM or kink community. They will tell you how much pleasure lives there. And often you're fully clothed. Um, so explore yoni and lingam massage uh, we currently have um, two courses which teach you how to give pleasurable yoni and pleasurable um, lingam so vagina and penis massages to your partner uh, where you can also stay fully clothed you don't even have to be in the mood but you can give your partner a lot of pleasure um, there's so much out there uh, most of us are just not researching it we don't know no one talks about it um, so my invitation is open your mind, go explore. Um, 
play, 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 play. But the number one thing I do want to talk about, um, because you mentioned communication, and this is a tough thing. I, I think a lot of us who are currently in, let's say, sexually challenged romantic relationships, we we kind of skip this part, and I find this part to be the most important. And that is having a brutally honest conversation about your sex life with your partner and what your needs and expectations are and what your values are when it comes to sex and allowing them to share their values and needs with you without judgment. Most of us start dating and we meet someone and we like them. And let's say you are the one with a current physical challenge, right? Let's say, you know, I, I have vaginism. I cannot have penetrative sex and I need a guy that I really, really like. So what do I do? <laughs> um, I want this guy to like me. I want this guy to be with me. Um, what I did in my twenties is I went all the way out of myself trying to please my partner any way possible, um, just so they would like me back. So I had one relationship in my twenties. Uh, we just had anal sex every day because it was the only penetration I could offer to my man at the time. And I wasn't getting so much pleasure from it. Um, but I was going out of my way to please him. So we need to be honest about what we need. And we need to be honest with ourselves and we need to be honest with our partner. And then what we need to do is we need to create a lot of safety for our partner to be honest with us. Because again, let's say I meet this guy and we're dating and, you know, there's a period of just blowjobs or anal sex or, but there comes a time when he just wants to have penetrative sex. It's important to him. Um, but what, what am I doing? I might guilt trip him about it. I might say, God, you only want sex with me. Don't you love me for my personality? I might get really upset. And so if somebody is dating us and they love us and they care for us, often they're too embarrassed to step up and say, hey, sex is important to me. So how can we create safety for each other to be brutally, brutally honest with what our needs are? You know, ask yourself, is being in a relationship right now creating more tension in my life or is it creating pleasure? Is my partner sexually compatible with me? If you're not able to have penetrative sex and you're dating someone who loves sex and wants to have sex, are they the best partner for you? And yes, we can love someone to pieces. We can adore them. They might fit our life so well in every other way, but you still could be sexually incompatible. But they might be the good guy who doesn't want to break your heart. They don't want to be the asshole who leaves, you know, a quote, sick girl. Or you want to be that girl that can make things work so you go out of your way to please them, which is actually creating more tension and more pain in your life. Do you think that, sorry, I just, before we move further with that, I was just wondering, so for someone who's like married and they're completely, totally right in every way, but they've got pain with sex and then their partner really loves penetrative sex. I mean, because I just, I'm just thinking about some people who might be listening who find that really hard to hear that maybe they're not compatible. 
Um, I mean, would you suggest that they work through this healing process first with trying to heal their painful sex before they kind of start considering that perhaps they're not sexually compatible? Well, this is what I mean about the brutally honest conversation. I, I know that this this is going to be very triggering for a lot of people. This is why we skip the step. Yeah, very true. <laughs> this is exactly why we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to face the truth. I'm not saying people are incompatible. Um, they could be. Um, we don't even want to have the conversation to find out. This is why it's so important for people to speak about it. Um, every couple decides for themselves. Um, but can we allow our partner to be brutally honest about their needs? And can we be brutally honest about our needs? If you're a woman right now who, if you're very, very honest with yourself and what you need is a few months of non-penetrative sex, whatever your challenge is. Um, for example, I know some women um, get yeast infections. And if you start having penetrative sex too fast, you keep having recurring yeast infections. And it creates this vicious cycle where you're not healing because you're not giving yourself enough time to heal and you're stressing because you want to please your partner. Um, and then it just extends the problem sometimes into months or even years. So if what you need is six months of non-penetrative sex, can you be honest with your partner about that? And can your partner be honest and say, um, I'm sorry, this doesn't work for me. Or, hey, whatever you need, baby, let's make this work. You know, yes, it's going to bother me. Yes, I really love penetrative sex. It's creating tension for me, but I love you. I want to get through this. Um, we often have a hard time hearing that our partner is struggling too because of our problem. And we often feel incredibly guilty about it. And, that, and you know, no one wants to feel guilty. No one wants to feel like the bad guy. And this is what I mean about couples skipping this whole conversation and just pretending like everything is okay. So how can we start being more honest with each other, even if it hurts? Because I feel like in that pain and in that vulnerability, we can support each other the most. How can we be honest with our partner and say, baby, I, I need six months or maybe it's eight months, maybe it's a year, but I feel so much pain in my body, but I love you. I want to be with you. Um, how do you feel about that? And if our partner says, this doesn't work for me, how can we respect them for being honest with us? Because we can't guilt trip anybody into being in a relationship with us. We can't guilt trip people into feeling like liking or enjoying sex is something bad. We need to respect each other's choices and each other's values. And there are people who, for whom sex is not a big deal. And then there are people for whom it is a very big deal. And how can we respect everybody in their choice? And this, you know, only applies to um, endo or yoni pain. I mean, this could be anything. People um, dating um, individuals who are carrying childhood trauma or childhood abuse, rape victims, or I mean, really anything. How can we be very honest about who we are sexually? And how can we um, see if we are, yeah, compatible with our partner? You know, if someone is hypersexual and wants to experience a lot of different sexual adventures in their life, and they're willing to be monogamous with you, but you're someone who's coming from a history of child abuse and are operating from a very limited thing and you don't really even like sex, um, are you the best match? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not the one who's having your relationship. Are there any books that you, or not even books actually, like resources that can help guide couples within these kind of conversations? Because I think that a lot of people don't know how to have those conversations or how to respect those answers or how to be non-judgmental. Are there any books that you've come across or resources that you thought could be quite helpful with this? Good question. Um, I can't think of any books. Uh, what I would suggest is doing this with a therapist in couples therapy. I think that is the place where um, the therapist acts as a mediator. Um, I, you know, I, I'm speaking from experience. I've dated someone who was abused as a child and for a couple of years in our relationship, I had no idea. So each time my partner would sexually reject me, I was taking it very personally. I thought I wasn't good enough or sexy enough. Um, and by the time I found out what was really happening, um, and there was a big part of me that wanted to leave that relationship, um, I felt too guilty because I didn't want to be the bad guy. Um, but at the same time, I felt like my partner wasn't doing anything to heal or to even meet me halfway. Um, I felt like I was being strung along and I had to give up my own sexuality in order to prove to my partner that I love them. And so going to couples therapy really helped um, put the honesty on the table. And I felt and I know my partner felt like we could both be finally brutally honest with each other Um with a mediator, you know, with a therapist there in the room with us, we could speak our truth. I could talk about how I felt rejected and how I was sexually starving. And my partner could talk about their pressure to heal in order to please me. So I would say therapy is probably the best option. Yeah, no, I think that sounds that sounds wise. And I'll, I'll link in the show notes to, um, there's a really good relationship um charity in the UK um that provide like affordable slash free couples counseling so I'll put that in the show notes for anyone who's interested um of course I know not everyone who listens is in the UK but um yeah I'll see what else there is but I know that there's a good one yeah I I have someone in um Amsterdam that I work with you know she's been my uh therapist life coach uh, you know the best support um in all aspects of my life and um I'm not going to advertise this person here because I'm not sure if I can do that. But if anyone is interested, they can message me on Instagram and I will share her contact details. She runs Skype sessions, um, couples, individuals, and I recommend her to everybody. I mean, this woman is phenomenal. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. I mean, so to kind of like bring the conversation to an end, um, obviously you have um, your wonderful um brand honor so can you tell us a little bit about honor and how people can access honor and what they can you know your your like gemstone toys and like your blog posts and all the different resources that you have that can help people on this journey a year and a half ago it's uh honor with o-n-n-a lifestyle.com and we originally started as a gemstone sex toy company but now we've expanded to a pleasure company. So really uh, looking at pleasure, sensuality, uh, nurturing your senses, stepping outside of the penetrative sex idea, um, and also looking into just the best quality, non-vibrating sex toys for both men and women. 
so we've grown <laughs> in the process of um, we're redoing our website, redoing our branding because yeah. oh, that's so exciting. Um, we craft and design um, non-vibrating gemstone toys. Uh, we've recently launched a new toy made of stainless steel. Um, the idea behind these toys came came from the fact that a lot of women are very much dependent on vibrators for their orgasms, um, often uh, leading to the fact that they cannot orgasm from anything other than vibrators, uh, which leads them to maybe faking orgasm in the bedroom with their lover or feeling really frustrated if the vibrator is not anywhere nearby and they really want to orgasm. So I teach women how to get off the vibe <laughs> and... Um, learn to bring back the sensitivity um, of their hands, of their partner's mouth and the partner's other various beautiful body parts and learning how to receive pleasure, um, not just from incredibly strong vibrating technology, how to receive a lot of pleasure from the inside of the vagina. Um, because most of us are really concentrating on the clitoris and I, I, I don't want to shame women for it. Like clitoral orgasms are epic. We should all be having more of them. Um, however, it's literally just the tip of the iceberg. And there is so much pleasure that lives inside of us. And most of us are too lazy and too busy or we don't know. And so we just never explore inside. I read a statistics that something like 87% of women uh, don't penetrate themselves when they masturbate. Um, and that's crazy. And wow, I that's you really wanna... high. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of women can relate to it, but once you tap and, and then, you know, we're making love with our partner and we're not having uh, G spot orgasms. We're not having clitoral orgasms and we feel broken. But the thing is, you're not broken. You're just not training your body. I mean, pleasure is also a skill that must be trained. You don't wake up one day and play the violin perfectly. No, you practice. Um, same with orgasms. We all have a G spot. <laughs> we can all have, orgasms all over our body my mentor says every cell in our body is orgasmic and i couldn't agree more so how can we start training our body to experience more pleasure and you know you you go to the gym to train your butt you can uh train your pussy too <laughs> and so ona was designed exactly for that with my brand with everything that we write our uh, weekly newsletters our toys it's all about uh, gifting women a tool with which they can expand their pleasure. I mean, that's really our motto. We expand your pleasure potential because pleasure is everywhere. You just need support on how to get there. Um, so before we end, would you say uh, for people who are starting like completely new to this um, sexual healing journey, where would you suggest that they start? Mm from there's so many things i would say number one get properly diagnosed and do that by going to more than one medical specialist yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean i've had 22 specialists oh my pretty much 22 <laughs> diagnoses. <laughs> google is your best friend but also your worst enemy <laughs> so read research research um look at sex blogs um as you know, you and I were talking earlier, um, if you read me and you don't resonate with me, read somebody else, find someone that resonate with, um, find someone who's on a similar journey, um, get the books, 
just start just start sucking up all the information. When I was suffering, and this was, you know, in my early twenties, it seemed like the internet wasn't even talking about any of this. You know, there were no sensors. There was no Amazon at the time. So I couldn't even find books on Yoni pain. Um, Thankfully the world is a bit different now. Also look at the bigger picture that um, your suffering is just a small part of who you are. Um, this isn't who you are. This might not be forever. I mean, my whole life changed. I, as much as a nightmare that my yoni pain was for those seven years, um, it brought me to where I am today. It forced me to learn to have a different kind of sex. It made me step out of the conventional pornographic sex, which would never nurture me or nourish me in the long term. It made me learn about all the other things like so slow sex, um, Look at alternative medicine, um, understand the purpose of your current life experiences. Um, you know, things like ayahuasca ceremonies have also been known to do incredible healing for a lot of people. Um, look into different body practices, um, like the body de-armoring retreats, um, yoni massage, therapy. I know it can sound incredibly overwhelming, so I would also say just be very gentle on yourself your time, respect your body. And most importantly, be honest, honest with what do you need right now? What does your body need? Are you in a relationship? Is it creating more tension or pleasure in your life? Do you feel supported? Is your family being supportive or are they making things worse? What about your friends? Do you have confidants with whom you can share your pain and just, just cry about it? You know, do you have people like that in your life? Um, and take your time. Yeah, be gentle, one step at a time. Um, just because you failed today doesn't mean you'll fail tomorrow. Um, just because you feel pain today doesn't mean it will be there tomorrow. And most importantly, don't compare yourself to anyone else. <laughs> this is why, you know, when we spoke earlier, like how long did it take you to heal Elena? It does not fucking matter how long, um, because it will be different for you. And respect that, you know, respect your journey and your body. A beautiful place to end and such like such genuine, heartfelt advice. So thank you so much. You've just given us such a wealth of information and also like a lot of um I don't know, truth bombs really, like so much about society and the way we think about our sexuality. It's it's really starting to, you know, talking to you is really beginning to break down some of the misconceptions that I've got in my head about sex. I didn't even realize I had, you know? Um, so I think that this is going to help a lot of people and I'm going to put in the show notes, um, some of the resources that you've mentioned, cause I think they're going to be really helpful and, um, especially a link to, uh, if anyone's interested, the um, curve toy, because that's what I've been using for Yoni massage and mapping. And um, yeah, I just so much just a wealth of information. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to have you on. And I can't believe we've done it. <laughs> we finally got you on. <laughs> I really just don't want girls to get overwhelmed. I know it's been quite a, a heavy, <laughs> uh, heavy information, full podcast. Um, 
if girls have any questions, you're always welcome to contact me. Um, even private messaging on Instagram works. I work with women through private Skype sessions. I do yoni massage. I am very happy to help you pick out a toy if this is what you're looking for. Uh, I might even advise that a toy is not for you. Um, so feel free to just message me really on any channel. I manage all of them. Um, and yeah, take it easy. I, I know like I, I get like really ranty. I'm happy to talk about this stuff for hours because this is really my life purpose. Um, I just don't want girls to get overwhelmed, you know, like one step at a time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you've made that um, really clear. So and the fact that you're so open for people to reach out and ask for help is really like really wonderful and kind of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor to have you on. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world 